Welcome to Life and Shenanigans. I am your host, Judy Kagiri. And here on Life and Shenanigans, you will hear um, stories, real life stories about individuals. Um, and these stories are uplifting. They are informational. They are just people's stories. And today we have a guest with us. I have Diodone Manirikiza. Yes. yes. <laughs> Diodone, yes. welcome, welcome, welcome. Ooh. Diodone, tell the people, where are you from? I am from Burundi. Burundi. You heard of that place? I, I You know what? I'm wearing, I, yeah. I know of Burundi, and I'm even wearing this beautiful kitenge yes. in honor of Burundi. Yes. What? Yes. Tell people who are not... Um, or are geographically challenged where Burundi is? Burundi is, and again, I wouldn't say you know, ge- geographically challenged because it's a very small country. Yes. Very tiny. And it's located in, in, in Central East Africa between Congo, Tanzania, and Rwanda. Yep. So being that small and sandwiched by those by two those big <laughs> countries, Tanzania and, and Congo, so it's, it's Yeah. Well, um, I met you. We are here recording all the way in Omaha, Nebraska, for those of you who are joining us. Um, Diodone, Burundi is a very far place from Omaha, Nebraska. Yes. How did you get here? Swimming. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, Black people know how to swim, people. I just wanted to. We just go. wanted to get that out of the way. Black sharks. Um, <laughs> Well, it's a long, you know, you know my story, but, um, you I know, we, we came here uh, as refugees in, back in 2006. 2006. So, yeah. so um, um, as refugees in Burundi, Burundi is small. I yeah. know, obviously, um, a lot of people are very aware of the Rwanda yeah. uh, situation yeah. and the genocide that happened there. Yeah. But Burundi, and there's quite a few Burundians here in Omaha, so... Yeah. What was what what happened in Burundi that made um, a refugee situation occur? Right. Uh, well, a, a lot of people know most about Rwanda because mm-hmm. the severity of what happened there. Mm-hmm. But True. exact the same thing that happened in Burundi. Yeah. In fact, Burundi and Rwanda are not so different because we share the same ethnic groups. Yep. So whatever issues they had, it was a spillover from Burundi. Oh wow. From so, uh, from Rwanda to, to from, to from Rwanda because t- yeah. because you know so we we've had the same issues between you know the, the ethnics of between Hutu and Tutsis and in Burundi we had our fair share as well of a genocide and civil yeah. war to follow so but it didn't take um, as much as attention to the everyday people mm-hmm. uh, because it wasn't as bad as it, what what happened to Rwanda. To Rwanda. Yeah. Wow. So you came 2006 yep. to America. Was this your first destination? Omaha. Omaha. Straight. Straight. For those of you who do not know, a little fact about Nebraska and refugees. Actually, I think a few years ago, Nebraska um, was one of the top leading states in the entire U.S. for resettling of refugees. And we have quite a huge um, number of refugees who live here. In Omaha alone, not just refugees, but just immigrants from Africa, we have over 25,000 yeah. people here. So we have a very large number. So you came, who did you Who did you come with? Yeah, so my sister, the, the um, our oldest sister, uh, her name is Victoria. Mm-hmm. She raised 
all of our siblings because we lost our mom during the genocide. Oh my God! In nine, you know, in 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 nineteen ninety three, so she was the oldest who had just started her family, mm-hmm. had just finished her medical school, and then everything just kind of went upside down. Mm-hmm. We, uh, we we fled to Tanzania. Mm-hmm. We were in a refugee camp with her, and most of my siblings grew up got married and by the time we um we were accepted to come here as refugees it was just me and the household and my brother we were the little one mm-hmm. and then her her husband and her kids that's how, how, that's how it came wow here. wow um i am so sorry um and so how long were you in the refugee camp in tanzania about 12 years wow so yeah Twelve years is a long time. You know, I think, um, I think there is this misconception that a lot of people have when they hear about refugees, that they think that you know war broke out and then all of a sudden you have an influx of people. But I think what people fail to realize is how long people stay sometimes in refugee camps. Is that where you learned Swahili? Because I know you speak Swahili, obviously. Uh, Probably better than uh, many Kenyans. I'm not saying who. Well, well, that's a different style of Swahili too. So Tanzanian and yes, and Kenyan. Um, Yeah, that's where I learned Swahili. Mm. You know, I went in Tanzania at a really young age. Yeah. Uh, In 93, I was just uh, four years old. Mm. Yeah. and 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 then um, we were in the population of Tanzanians, uh, you know, uh, where Swahili was necessary, and also yeah. Swahili was one of the. Even though in refugee camp we were taught in schools with the Afro-Burundian system, yeah. But because we were in Tanzania, they allow us to have subject Swahili as a Swahili one as a of subject. the subjects. Oh wow, yeah. that's great. Yeah, that's great because, um, you know, they. There's such an an ease that comes in when you know the language. Local. Um, language, the local yeah. language. It just makes things that much easier. I remember when we were in Kenya, we had quite a few uh, Rwandese and Burundians. Yeah. And they came to Kenya. Yeah. And they, because they could speak Swahili, yeah. it was m- a much easier assimilation than, say, other folks who came and, you know, did not know how to speak mm. the local language. Yeah. Wow, so you're here. You've been in Omaha for, what, 15, 15. years? Hey, goodness, 2021. <laughs> yeah. I can't even believe it's 2021. It's I feel crazy. like time has just disappeared. It has. You've been here. Where Where is Victoria now? So about three years ago now, they um, her and her husband and kids, they moved down to Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta, Georgia, so. <laughs> the black mecca of America. I'm telling you, yeah. Yeah. I've been, you know, I, we went there uh, for her um, uh, medical school graduation, mm-hmm. and we couldn't believe how many black, know, people, black people are, 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 and, are there. And I, people I, who are doing amazingly well. So you're just like, oh my. You know. Yes. I uh, loved that. Her school, the professors, the deans of schools, and, and you know. And, and I would, that kind of really opened my eyes. And, and then now you look the mayor, you know. I know, right? It's so I have a question to ask you about Victoria. Yeah. So you know one of the things that refugees and immigrants honestly really struggle with is we come from wherever we've come from with a certain level of education, with a certain level of degrees or whatever it is. And then you come to your new country of resettling. Yeah. And you have to start afresh. Yeah. 
Did she have to go through that? Because she had finished her medical stuff. Yeah. Her and her husband. Oh. They were both uh, doctors mm. in a refugee camp. Wow. They had, uh, you know, before we we fled to, you know, we fled from Burundi. They had, they had that's how they met from wow. the, their me- medical school. Mm. They had just started working at um, one of the biggest hospitals um, in Burundi. That was a, uh, a built and ran by the uh, Doctors Without Borders. Mm-hmm. MSF, yeah. Yeah. Médecins uh, Sans Frontières. Yeah, so they were, they were just starting their lives. Their lives. So, yeah, coming here... <laughs> Yeah, every, nothing transferred. I know. You know, <laughs> and, and nothing I, I don't understand, honestly, okay, I get I get the part, right? Like, say, for example, maybe back home, it's more manual, and then here, maybe you have more machines. But really, they need to figure out a way or a system, um, especially with these resettling agencies, of which there are several here in Omaha, but not just them. They need to be able to... It's more of a policy thing. Easy transition. Uh, you know, for an yeah. easy transition, because honestly, like, how do I go to medical school for those many years, know how to practice, and then come here and have to start sometimes afresh, right? We've seen it with teachers. We've seen it with so many professionals. You know what I oh, mean? Yeah. yeah, I mean, Victoria was um, a maid. She was when making she beds mm-hmm. in the hotel. Her husband Justin was <laughs> working at um, Tyson Food. That that that's crazy to me. It was tough. That's crazy to me, and especially mentally too. You know, because yeah. you've come from home where you're in this quote unquote yeah. very respectable yeah. position, high up here, yeah. and then you come here, and literally, you're if you're lucky. You're driving a taxi, yeah. You know, yeah. But more likely than not, if you're ending up somewhere like Nebraska, the jobs that they primarily give and find for refugees yeah. are meat packing plants, yeah. Jobs, hotel maid jobs. You know, those yeah. type of jobs that you're just like, I mean, I, I'm not. So this is the difference, right? With with immigrants, however it is that you come, we're not picky, right? At the end of the day, we don't have the ability, right? We don't have the you, you, we just don't have that opportunity to be picky. So if somebody gives me a job, I mean, I've done my fair share. <laughs> I did a, a live uh, last pandemic, last year in the pandemic, about some of the quote-unquote dirty jobs of America mm. that we've done. Mm. But, um, you know, I'm glad. Congratulations to Victoria and her husband. Yeah, yeah. I'm happy for them. I know. I, and yeah. they're in a perfect place to thrive. Yes. That's that's the other thing where even when you do get that, even when you jump and go through those hurdles, it's still really difficult to be, like, say somewhere, thrive somewhere like Omaha. You know? Right, right. Um, it's just very limited anyway. Right, right. But they're doing it. They're doing it great. I'm going to ask you, so when you came, you came when you were about 17? Uh, no, I was actually 15. 15? Yeah. 15. Okay, my math is very bad, as you can tell. So tell me, um, you know, what was what were some of the challenges? Just physically, you're excited. I'm assuming you're excited. You've been told, uh-huh, you've been cleared to go. Here is your paper. Here are your staff. Yeah. Um, I've seen how refugees come to the U.S. Yeah. In that, carrying that one bag. Yeah. For the 
the IOM bag, yeah. the plastic. It the, is literally the infamous bag. Right? The infamous bag, man. <laughs> that bag. Because I've seen, you know, and I, I didn't come yeah. here as a refugee. I came as a student, yeah. but I've traveled enough and the work we do to where I run into groups of refugees yeah. when they are traveling from wherever it is that they're being resettled. Yeah. How was the physical journey? What were the challenges? Did you come with a bag? Not only with the bag, with the sweater too. Says with I. the sweater. <laughs> with the sweater. Wow. You, 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 know, um, you know, I got to take you back the day we received that. The news. The news. Yes. Where were you? What was going on? This has been... I was at school. Yeah. And, um, you know, Victoria and Justin, they were, I believe they were working. And and we have been in this process for five, maybe five years. <sighs> Trying, right? And, and and this has been really agonizing you yeah. know, uh, process. Sometimes they come, they take your name. And six months later, they come back. They, yeah. What was your name again? Oh my god. And and sometimes they come they just take a blood sample, you know? Mm. Or maybe they take you just physical check. Mm-hmm. And then a year later they pop out nowhere again and be like, um, what was the youngest, you know, it their birth again. So it, it was really confusing. So when we got that news, we I I mean, that was probably the most exciting thing that had ever happened in our lives. Mm. So also coming with it's different from someone like you who came f- for school yeah. or maybe who came from a city, who lived in the city or who yeah. experienced the city life. We came from, some of us came from, you know, a countryside in, in mm-hmm. our country mm-hmm. to a refugee camp, wow. which is like shanty town. Yeah. Um, so we had no expectations of what a America would look like. Mm. <laughs> if you ever heard me speaking, sometimes I, mm-hmm. I, I compare about the, the imaginations we had was how once once imagines uh, about heaven, like yeah. you have no clear picture whether it's green or yellow. <laughs> Or pink or yeah. heaven will be. Yeah. But you just know one thing. It's going to be good for you. It's going to be great. That's wow. what, That's the only thing we had in our mind of what America would be. Right? So then we, we yeah, we get here. You get you get your and sweatshirt. Then, the, you we, get your we, bag with na- your worldly belongings in a plastic bag. Yeah. And, and go. And go. Make the best that you can. Yeah. We... A little story, we were about maybe in our uh, group that we started the whole program with and got approved, we were maybe um, 20, 30 families Mm -hmm. from, you know, some from different refugee camps, but they put put us in one group throughout that whole process. Mm -hmm. So maybe the final process took about six months. Mm -hmm. Uh, because I remember, yeah, the final process started in February and we get, we, we came in, in in August. So we got to know each other very well. Even the people we didn't live with. Yeah. We got to cry and, 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 and laugh rejoice. And, and rejoice yeah. together. So we they put us in a one plane and with the mentality of coming to a refugee camp, you've been living almost in a controlled area. Yeah. 
we thought we were coming to live together as together well. Together as well. Shock. So they put us on a plane coming. As we hit the mainland of United States, yeah. our flight landed in Chicago. Now, every single family had their own destinations. Oh, my God. We had no idea. None, even none of them, did, even them didn't. They didn't, they didn't know. know. So we, you walk in the um, in a terminal. Yeah. And you look to your right, a family's gone. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> and you keep going, keep going. Somebody's leading us, you know. Yeah. You look, you look to your left, a family's gone. They're just snatching them. They're taking them to the planes that are going right. to their final, desti- final destinations. destinations. Until we were one family left to, to Omaha. Wow. There was some kind of fear start kicking in. Like, yeah. where are these people? Where did they go? Yeah. Why didn't they keep you together? So, <laughs> anyhow. Because it's not reunited. You're, you're literally... Because I know there are some families that come and then... They're being reunited with right, their... Right, But yours was, like, fresh. You know, yeah. nobody. Goodbye. Yeah. This so, is where you're going. Omaha. Omaha. I know some of the resettling agencies here usually have someone meet you at the airport. They yeah. usually have... Um, and I will say that I have had, you know, obviously a lot of friends who do some of this work where they show up to the airport, they welcome the family, they have a meal, they have some things already in the home. Yeah. Um, but I also know of other cases where the person, because they're volunteers, these are volunteers, right. where some volunteers didn't show up and the family showed up with all the kids and there was no one to meet them at the airport. You know, I mean, no one to like walk them through that first initial shock and for some people to show them how to turn on the stove or, or microwave, all those things. Yeah. So did you and Victoria and Justin, did you guys have oh, far someone? It was, it was a great experience. Was it? Despite all the fear we had yeah. the, from Chicago, yeah, yeah, yeah. not knowing where everybody disappeared going. To, yeah. Um, this, as soon as we landed Omaha, yeah. I yeah. remember it was mid, around one one In the night. morning, yeah. yeah. Um, and we are walking in you know, in a terminal coming out of, you know, mm-hmm. the, the, um, the plan. So, Lacey Stunica. Oh, Lacey. So. Oh, my God. You got the best person ever. She's she, she's great. She, she She's, you know. She's amazing. Lacey, she, this is a shout out to Lacey Stunica and all the Lacey Stunicas out there. Yeah, Lacey, if you're watching. You, Lacey, you, you, you know. need to watch this so you remember. You're the best. But you are amazing. She was with this other gentleman. Uh, his name is uh, Jeff. So <laughs> they had practiced, rehearsed all our names. <gasps> and you cannot believe with a refugee coming out of that terminal yeah they sing everything is different everyone is different mm-hmm. right and then she saw she started shouting our names the name victoria justin uh, dear donate so we're like who is this person and how does they she know already us? know us i know you know i know so it, it felt so good oh that's I'm so just, amazing just that little thing that it, small it was, thing yes it was amazing of course. So whatever fear and whatever was on our chest just fell off. I know. So, um, and they put us in a van, drove to Omaha, downtown Omaha. 
and mm-hmm. um, took us to our first house. Wow. 35th and Dodge. 35th, that, you're smack dab in the city. That's a nice area. Perfect area. Perfect busy. area. Very busy. I mean, so put us in, got in the house, meal already prepared. Mm-hmm. Chicken. <laughs> I remember a chicken. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know why they say chicken. You know, chicken is... A lot is of people o- like chicken. A lot of people like chicken, but chicken is also still always safe um, because some people have, you know, yeah, they, they don't eat pork products or whatever the case may be. True, so, true. yeah, chicken is always faith. a safe one. Yeah. Um, so, wow. So you came. Yeah. And tell me a little bit. Let's Let's get into, you know, you've come. Yeah. You're still young, so yeah. high school, yeah. right? And yeah. rolling. Yeah. How was that? Because I know, for example, in Kenya, in the, the refugee camps we have, it is mandatory for kids to go to school. Yeah. And they, you know, so when they come here, actually a lot of the refugees that go, um, that are from Kenya, yeah. come here or go into university, wherever it is, whether it's here or, or back home. Yeah. And they have a much easier assimilation. Right. But I don't know what your experience was in the camp and then how you felt like fitting in when you came here. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it was hard. Um, we got here in the beginning of, uh, of um, August. Mm-hmm. School was starting two weeks. Right. Did so anyone na- tell you you're coming to a cold place? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's another topic. <laughs> so, yeah, so now the agency is... Rushing to get, of course, get these you kids, enrolled. These kids enrolled, yeah. And and for me, I'm at 15 years old. Yeah. Um, they are rush, making sure I can get in high school. Yeah. Now you know, I'm I'm coming. I'm I was about a year to graduate. Yeah. Secondary school, which is, is what we call secondary school. Right. There's, I think, is equivalent to high school here. Yeah. So they took take me to high to, to school, Central High. Yeah. And Central High said, yeah, we're going to test you. We're going to put mm-hmm. you in the test to see where, 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 where you, you fit. fit in. Yeah. I don't speak English. <gasps> so they ask me this, they ask me that. They just, they're not getting the response they're looking for. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah. Freshman. <gasps> How did you feel about that? I didn't know. I didn't know what freshman meant. Wait. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't know what ninth grade meant. I don't. I yeah. didn't know the system. Wait, because that's another. That's another struggle, you know. And so now I'm. Wow. I'm going down. I'm older in my class. Yeah. But I. I was de- determined to Wait. give things and and everything that one year. I was already in, in the regular English classes. Oh, wow. Wow. That's it. Reading novels, not that I understood much of right. it. Right. Just yeah. getting to know the language. Yeah. yeah. Wow. But high school, is, in general, was great. Um, after the first year, the first year was challenging. I can Finding imagine. friends you can... So I remember in ESL classes, yeah. you know... This this teacher who was our main ESL teacher, her name is Miss Gensel, mm-hmm. Linda Gensel, amazing teacher. Yeah, like like hands down. Mm. We are in a classroom 
with kids from Africa. Africa from different countries in Africa. Yeah. Kids from South America, Central America. Yeah. So now we have a, me. I speak Kirundi Swahili, yeah. the French. And another kid is from Somalia. Yeah. We from Africa. We don't speak. You don't speak languages. the same language. Yeah. Um, next to you is a, 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 another kid from maybe Mexico or maybe somewhere in South America. Yeah. So it's this, this classroom with amazing kids. Who don't. Who cannot even communicate. Communicate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is super challenging. So I know they have like um, the Omaha Public School. I don't know if they have it for any of the other school districts here. Yeah. But I know that they have established like a migrant education type of program. I'm sure they have. Um, but, you know, even then, they still, it's still very hard, right? Because, and it kind of goes to that same thing where it doesn't matter how far along you've been and you've gone when push comes to shove and you come here, which is an amazing opportunity, you still have to start from scratch in some, you know, in some way or fashion, you know, so, um, but kudos to you. Kudos to you for being determined. Kudos to you for pushing through that first year. Because I know um, there's some, there's an older couple and and especially the folks who came from, who did not speak English, Mm. who are primarily in the refugee camps like in Tanzania, they really struggled here. Yeah. They really... And I'm not talking about young folks. You were young. Yeah. I'm talking about the older folks, right? Because yeah. I know like there's an old couple that I used to take to Charles Drew for their medical appointments. Yeah. And it was very hard for them because they, they just couldn't grasp the English yeah. part. Yeah. You know, and so if you can't, then your quality of life is very affected. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, medical appointments, anything that, you you know, you need, you'll always need somebody. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. To help you navigate. And that's that's still a great challenge that I know in talking to other people, they regret even being here in some ways because they're just, the it's so hard, you know? Uh, you know, yeah. They're you're safe, but it's so hard. Right. And mentally... You know what I mean? Like, it's yeah. very different. It, 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 it affects, I mean, not just mentally in many, many different other ways. Because, yeah. I, you know, you know, this, these older folks, I see that in my community all the, all the time, every mm-hmm. day. Yeah. Um, their kids have excelled. Mm-hmm. Their kids are getting, you know, um, degrees, yeah. college degrees, but their parents still can't speak Mm-mm. the language. They can't. And, 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 and the reason is, they come, they're brought here. Yep. They're given assistance. They're given days of assistance and then they are Left. required Goodbye. to become self-sufficient. Self-su- give them a that? job. Yeah. Give them a job. Get, a, get them out of the system. Yeah. Right? Yep. Um, and now they have to find them a job that is not going to require language because what? They're not speaking. They, they don't have the, the skill. The, yep. the, you the know, English, English skills, yeah. So now they're going to a job that don't require it, them to speak English. They're going to work with people also who don't speak English. Yep. They're going to be here forever, not speaking And And their quality English. of life will unfortunately not And if improve. you can't really communicate. Yeah. You can't. And, and, you and you I stay actually where you are. Yeah. have a guy and he's pretty lucky because you know now he's learning you know he's going to metro community college and doing english 
and he was going for one of these other local learning English ESL yeah. classes. But at work, he was literally being treated like crap. Like total trash. Wow. Like by other co-workers. Just bullying. A very toxic environment. Wow. But he couldn't say anything because he doesn't know what to say yeah. in English. He knows, you know, they're calling him names and telling him, you know, bad things. I literally almost cried when he told me. Yeah. Like, I literally almost cried because I was like, I don't even know what to say to this man. Right. And like you said, his kids are doing great. They're in school. They're speaking. They're they're having friends. They're do you know what I mean? Yeah. And he's here. He's not an old guy. Right. You know what I mean? But he's very similar. Someone who came from the countryside during the war, and then literally from the countryside to the refugee camp, spent years in the refugee camp, right? And then came here. Yeah. It doesn't matter how many years it takes us who came any other way or Americans even to even get to that point of self-sustainance. Right. But to expect people who sometimes don't have the language, sometimes don't have the skill, they don't have the support. And and yeah, I mean, yes, the refugee resettlement agencies do what they can. But it's it's a get in get out of the system as soon as you can. Right. You know what I mean? Now they have different programs that they're kind of coming up with to help pass that point. Um, but it's still very difficult. So, yeah. you know. I mean, it, it, I don't blame on the, uh, you know, those agencies that resettle refugees. It's, it's because the they, government. They do they're all they can yeah. in the little time they have and the little resources they have. Yeah. And they're following a policy that's right. been set from right. the top. Right. So, so I, I mean, if... Uh, I, as, uh, after they do that initial um, welcoming, mm -hmm. um, even if you let somebody, uh, you know, have them start become self-sufficient by acquiring a job, yeah. I think there should be an ongoing yep. education for them. Yes. Um, maybe, maybe, have, maybe they could be working half, you know, part time, yeah. thirty hours, and yeah. and the other hours to be be educated. If we, they can take a year, a year and a half, a couple of years, yeah. somebody will be able to to have unlock other opportunities by That's getting so it true. And we're going to talk education. about that too later yeah. on because one of the struggles. So you know, obviously, um, you know, you've come. The physical journey we know is very long. It's always a long trip. The the emotional journey and just the struggles of that first year you've kind of now assimilated you're doing good um you got a job yeah i knew you when you were a banker yes right yes um are you what was your experience as a banker because you know that's a that's a very african parent uh, hey you need a very good <laughs> job office job with a tie yeah, yeah. Uh, engineer yeah. doctor yeah. lawyer banker yes banker is acceptable yeah so oh, here yeah. you right, are right right, right? If, you, if you can be a doctor or <laughs> lawyer a banker yeah, banker, yeah. fine fine parents, it's not as good but at least yeah. you're wearing a tie suit. you're wearing a tie and a suit you know i yeah i thought i made it you thought you made it i thought i made it yeah uh, you know i yeah, I, I worked. I worked actually my way myself my way up. Yeah. Um, because I started as when I was a student. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I in, in uh, Iowa Western as community you know, college. Community yeah, college. right across the river. So I started working as a tailor. Mm -hmm. Just the basic 
position, entry level. Yeah. And it took probably about six months and I was already a supervisor um, for the teller. Get it. And, and then I just kept, I was like, oh, I, yeah, it's. I, I can, can go this. up. Yeah, I can, I can do it. Oh, give me another six months. Right? So I'll be your boss. <laughs> so <laughs> it, anyhow, so I kept working my way up. Yeah, and and I found myself as a ban- banker, mm-hmm. office, and you name it. it yeah, is, yeah. Doing all the fun things, money, handling money, handling money. Yes, yes. Other yeah, other uh, people's money. Yes, uh, you know, um, uh, yeah. It, I like I said, I thought I made it. Yeah. And so then now, because when the last time I was talking to you, yeah. I was like, ah, dear Johnny, well, what are you up to? Are you still at the bank? I'm just seeing you here. Yeah. You're in one state, you're in another state. I'm like, what is going on? Yeah. What do you have going on yeah. there? Yeah. And so now you've changed your position. And I want to talk about that because, yeah. um, like I said, tra- traditionally, yeah. Those white collar jobs are so highly regarded and sought after yeah. by us because I think when we were growing up, yeah. that was like the epitome of making it. Yeah. You know, those ones who made it, like that was it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so now you're doing something totally different. Tell yep. us. Yeah. Yes. Well, <laughs> for me. And how did it come about? Like, right. that's, some, that's, a, that's a shift. That, yes. That's a, that's a really good, good question because. Um, it, it took me also a while to, um, to, to process and to come to, to that decision, Mm -hmm. but it was an easy decision. Okay. Why? Um, How? You know, I, I sat down, um, with my wife Mm -hmm. and I, I told her, (laughs) I said, honey, you know, every morning. I wake up, I clean up good. Yeah. I put on my best suit, mm-hmm. my best tie, my best shoes. And you look at me every morning and be like, yeah, that's my husband. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I have a nice office, office with my names. Yeah. I have stamps with my names. Yep. People come to me to just ask me to stamp on their piece of paper to validate it, to do whatever, you know? People come to my office, you know, looking for this and that financially, how I can help them and whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's all great. And I enjoy it. And it's been amazing. Yeah. And I've learned a lot fr- through, from it. Yeah. I'm handling accounts that has money that I can possibly ever dream of. Mm. But tomorrow will be here. A year from today, we'll be here. Same spot. Five years from today, we'll be here. So, or I can take all these shiny things off of me, hang it up, get dirty a little bit, mm-hmm. walk in the mud a little bit, get rained on sometime, but tomorrow we wouldn't be where we are today. Financial freedom. Easy decision. Easy decision. She didn't even have to wrestle with that. Wow. And that was the hardest part. Thinking my partner might not approve it because if she wouldn't have, I wouldn't have made that change. 
Fellows, did you hear that? Please consult with your significant <laughs> other. <laughs> well, you know, I have to push well, in, my, in my job, yeah, in yes. my line of job, you do need your family support. Yes, yes. So now you made that change and yeah. now you are doing driving. I'm a truck driver. Truck driver for, and this is a super popular, my cousin is actually a truck driver. I have a couple of cousins who are truck drivers. Yeah. And similarly, they are doing great things. They're making amazing, they've made amazing strides financially yeah. and financial freedom. Yeah. You know, they're doing their thing. Yeah. Um, but it's also, you know, it, I think for you it's different because you you're able to come home, you know, on weekends. For some of them, they're they're not, but you know, it's it's really amazing. So yeah, I'm I'm excited. Yeah, how was that? How has that transition been? Um, it, in the beginning, I I did a lot of research. Mm-hmm. I didn't know many people in that sector. Field, of yeah, work. yeah, yeah. So I relied on a lot of researching on the internet, watching testimonial videos on YouTube, yeah, watching you know what people think about it. Um, that didn't have a firsthand, ex- you know, um, a person to tell me. Right, right. So it took us about maybe a year researching, praying for it to get answers we need. Yeah. And, you, be, yeah, and yeah. then, and then, uh, I, I think I have enough information. This can be done. Took the leap. Took the leap. Took the leap. Yeah. Look at you. So I love it. I love things it. Things have love not it. been the it. same since, Re- since then. Ah, look, look at the shiny face. Ah. I see the shiny face. No, ah. no, no. I, actually, no. but but yeah. Uh, with all seriousness, yeah, it has it has changed our lives and people around us. And that is so freaking amazing. So it's, I mean, I mean, we both have families back home. Yeah. What could it have, what it have done for us knowing, oh, my, you know, you're done is in the office, a banker, but. I know. You're not able to can, support Can't impact anyone. Can't impact anyone. <sighs> wow. I don't know. So. We need to dig into that. <laughs> we need to dig into that. And no, the reason I say that, and, you know, you spoke about something earlier. Yeah. Where, you know, people working people come to this country for seeking a better life yeah a dream to seek safety to seek refuge um but the bottom line is to get a better life yeah you get here in whatever you know fashion and people work a lot of hours i mean i used to work two and a half jobs Right, like two whole full-time jobs and one on the weekends. Wow, you know what I mean? Wow, um, putting ourselves through college, pushing ourselves. Like we did, we did it all, yeah. right? Like uh, living, like many of us, you know, kind of just trying to save coins wherever we could. Yeah, but then we were in a different, you know, we were in a little bit of a different situation. Yeah, but I have a lot of refugee friends and families. Who come and find themselves? Cause, uh, cause I came here and I, I came. I didn't come with my daughter. She was back home, mm. but and we were young, so it was just us. You yeah. know what I mean? But a lot of folks who come, they have their kids. They're coming as a refugee family. 
they are working many, many hours. Yeah. They're working at mid packing plants. They're working yeah. at some of these places where you have to work so many hours. And one of the things that we are seeing, which is the fallout in our community and in many other communities, I will say even um, to communities here mm. in, in, in the U.S. Yeah. is just seeing uh, the struggle, yeah. you know, that, that families where you have um, parents working so many hours yeah. that they're actually not even available for their own children. Yeah. Um, I, I give all kudos to single parents for yeah. sure. Um, but it's also, it, it's, it's affecting our community, um, our communities here that come as refugees or immigrants because we're, we're so busy chasing the bag yeah. that we don't, by the time you realize like your kid has graduated. Right. Or they've fallen into a gang. Right. Or they're, you know what I mean? They're, they're struggling, struggling with mental subject health or, or school struggling subject, in school yeah. or struggling. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what, what would you, I mean, I guess what would you say to, for, for people who are in a situation like you are, yeah. right? Yeah. Or like, and not necessarily you are, but like that you know of that, because we both know yeah. a lot of families yeah. and some that are struggling in this manner. Right. Like, right. what would you say, like, because the, the truth is, we need money. Yeah. The truth is, we need to support our family right. back home. Right. Um, but at the same time, we need to be present for the family that we have here. Right. So how do you juggle that? How do you make? How do you make it work? Y you know. Uh, you know what you say is. One thing I would say. The first thing I would say is that. I want to acknowledge them that I, I see them I, and I hear them I, and I, I I really, I feel them. Yeah. Um, it goes back to what we talked about, how when people or refugees are brought here, they, wh whatever experience they had in life Before. prior, mm -hmm. doesn't matter. Doesn't count. So what they find themselves in and they are working now. They put, they put their whole family in this apartment that costs so much, right? A mm -hmm. um, house that costs so much, mm -hmm. but their job is paying them how much? Not much. Not much. Not enough. So you could have a father and a mother working overtime. Yeah. Then just barely cover. The just the the just the the, the bills of that mm -hmm. in the house. Mm -hmm. So uh, one thing I don't really want to send the wrong impression is that people think, oh, we are here, we are just sending money. Yeah. No. Yeah. No, I I know. In, in fact, <laughs> a lot of people we we they hide. Yeah. From those phone calls. Yeah. Because people back home they don't they, they don't, don't understand, understand that we they you don't can understand. be you can be broke in America. No. They don't understand that you can not have money in America. That's not the case. So some people have even stopped telling them those because they don't believe it. Yeah, they don't. So they'd rather not take that <laughs> phone call or they'd rather just give whatever they have. Yeah. Because it just does not make sense to say, I don't have money. They'd be like, you, but you're in but America. But you're in America. So many many of this, this, the refugees working low-paying jobs. Yeah. 
Yeah, so, very low pain. So again, yeah. without that basic foundation to to help them in the two, three years to, to come to look for better opportunities, mm-hmm. that will never change. That's why I said that so it is easy for them because they're working overtime jobs. Yeah. They're not with that child at the table to look at the homework they're struggling mm-hmm. with. They're not, they're not having this in the meal at the table with that is to notice the changes and issues their that, the, the behavior the issues that, that are yeah. affecting them. Yeah. They're working overtime. <sighs> Man. So I have a couple of questions for you that yeah. are general. And these are, you know, for people who are interested um, or who... I don't know how to phrase phrase it. Let me let me say it this way. What do you wish that people knew about refugees when they come to their place of living or wherever it is that they are? You know, one thing I wish many people, like our American friends, neighbors, would know, is that, and I wish they knew is that refugees, when they come here, they don't really need handouts. Sorry, what? They don't need handouts. Say it again. No handouts. Okay. And I'm saying this from my personal experience. Yes. Experience. Okay. When I came here, mm-hmm. I was young. Yeah. And I know many other kids who come here at my age, they probably experienced the same thing. Yeah. I lived, I lived in my whole entire, you know, my whole entire life in the refugee camp. Yeah. Yeah, life sucked there. But guess what? I had friends. Yep. I knew friends. I knew people. You we, had a life. We, we got out and played. We were hungry together. We were celebrating together when we get little or more. Mm-hmm. But I had, I knew someone. Yeah. The most thing that hit me when I got here, I knew nobody. So you didn't want new shirts or hand-me-downs? Friendship. Friendship. The people mm. that stuck with me, you know, the friendship that stuck with me yeah. t- today, 15 years later, yeah. is the people who came to pick me up or took me to the, to, 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 to the park to play soccer. To play. Is the people who picked me up to go show me Christmas lights. Yep. Is that people pick me up and just tell me how things work. Yeah. Showed me a bus stop, how it how it works. Mm-hmm. Who came my my our house, ate with us, watched showed us movies that we didn't know about, yeah. shows we didn't know about. Those stuck with me to today more than anyone who really showed up with a bag of clothes or shoes. I love that. And never never came back again. I love that. Because I think part of, you know, and one of the things that I'd sent you was empathy. Yeah. You know, I feel like connection is so important. Human connection yeah. is so important. Yeah. And I like what you said in that you're not looking for a handout. Similar to what I think we had said in a different, I'd said in a different, like 
I might not have grown with all the shiny things yeah. that are here in America. Yeah. But I also didn't grow up like poverty minded. You know what I mean? Yeah. To me, I was very rich because we had fun. We had family. We had friends. We had community. Yeah. And then you come here and it's like very individualistic. Yeah. Very individualistic. Um, and that's that human connection factor is missing. Yeah. So a lot of people, especially those who, you know, encounter refugees or live with refugees or work with refugees, you're hearing it from someone who came here as a refugee, what he's looking for, what they're looking for. And this is not speaking for everybody, but primarily is connection, is that empathy, you know? Yeah. Um, to understand, like... You're the new kid in the school. You know that feeling when you yeah. go to school and you're like, oh my God, I don't know anybody. Yeah. They'll think I'm weird or whatever. Just being, you know, that, that creating that connection to where you're like, hey, what's your name? Are you the new kid? Yeah. And similarly, you know, those things that are, they seem so small, right? But right. they're so, they make such an impact, more so than. Your clothing, and this is not to say that we don't appreciate or that it's, great. it's not appreciated. It is, but even more so than that is that extra step, you know, of seeing people, like seeing somebody. Friendship you know? lasts. Yeah. Relationship is, it means I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm. I'll talk to you next week. Mm -hmm. Where if I show up with just a bag of clothes and not ever see me again. Yep. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And, and it will probably be useful. It will be useful. Yeah. But a year, two years later, it's probably not going to be remembered. No, it won't. So one of the other things is... So in terms of authentic help... Yeah. You know, obviously, connecting with people is one. Yeah. But then, two... Um, I want to say, and this is, a, it's. Uh, I don't like the word success because I feel like it's such, it's thrown around so much, right? <laughs> yes. But I, I do want to say, what does, what does success look like for you? Yeah. I mean, you have family back home still, right. relatives. Yeah. I have my dad. I, we still have um, our dad. Would you go back? Go back home to visit, or oh yeah, home back because Burundi now is not you know I mean it's, it's not there've been flare ups here yeah. and there, yeah, but it's not in, but it's not in Tamoil anymore. Yeah. So, would you consider going back to like, visit? To I, visit I, is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah. I I have a strong ties there. Like I said, my right. dad is there. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, our step brothers are there. Yeah. Uh, aunties, everybody's there. Just. Mm -hmm. Three of us are here. Yeah. Myself, my brother, and Victoria. You know, right. my brother's Batazar, by the way. But, yeah. Um, so, yeah, everybody's there. Of course. Of course. I'd like, yeah, I would like to. Do they visit. think you're successful? Do you think you're successful? Do I think I'm successful? I. Now, what I think and what they think is at a different level. Of course, of <laughs> course. Because you, I'm you're in successful. America. You're in America. In fact, of course, I'm a successful. The money. Yeah. Yes. Of course. 
But you got um, to go. Is there yeah. some? Is there some? <laughs> right. But for me, yeah. Um, I would say su- success for me is. It, I I, di- I I look at it different way mm-hmm. uh, because I. W- uh, somebody might look at me and say, wow, you, you are so successful, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But for me, I think success is is almost, it might sound different, it's like a relationship. Mm-hmm. You keep working on it. It's a living thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, now, some people might say success is just having a bunch of money and expensive stuff and, and uh, you're successful. But how many millionaires and billionaires that lives are on fire today. <laughs> Let me drink my water. <laughs> <laughs> but nah, nah, no, I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't like to have uh, listen, of dollars, somebody, right? if you're out there watching, we are willing and uh, able we'll, to take millions. We'll, we'll take it. Send yeah. them away. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, happily we'll take it. But, um, for me, success is the relationship yeah. that people have in my life. Mm. It's their family. Um, it, it's 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 all the, it's, it's it's all those kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, family relationship. Yes. And obviously, yeah, we can't take the main factor of it of you know financially s- stable, yeah. right? But relationship with with my family, with my friends, yeah. And that's something I have to work on every day. Yes. I love that. I love that, dear Donna, because, you know, having lived in this country for many years, mm. I, I, I love and desire and plan for financial freedom. That's been a great thing. Um, I, I just, I'm still working on it. Yeah. I'm a work in progress. I said the other day, I'm a recovering spendthrift. <laughs> <laughs> God help me. <laughs> but more so than that, I think it's that relationship. Yeah. Like you said, you know, it's... And, and I feel like people have moved away so far from it um, as we pursue, like, mm. all the extra things. Yeah. Shiny things. We like shiny things. <laughs> of course. But I love that you're bringing it back home. And... and not just I, I almost feel like even your you know your your path like you went where you were quote unquote chasing the bag yeah and and the propriety right yeah. and then you're like titles. forget these titles like what am I doing yeah like I need to get to the heart of the matter yeah. right um, and it's just amazing it's amazing it's wonderful to see you it's amazing to see rain it's Awesome. You have beautiful boys. They are <laughs> so handsome. Oh, my God. You have a gorgeous family. Thank you. You know? Thank you. Um, and and more so, I think I love most the impact that you make. You know what I mean? Not just on the family side, but community-wise. Yeah. You know, with your music, yeah. with your leadership. Yeah. You're doing things in the community. Um, and that, you know, that has an impact. 
I see those younger boys who used to be in the Umoja choir with yeah. you. Yeah. You know, now they're grown. Now they're yeah. like in college. Yeah. But like they grew up looking up to you. Yeah. They grew up and, and there are still people out there in the community. So yeah. kudos to you. Appreciate it. Um, I, 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 I wouldn't take the credit of everything because... I know. That was the goal so. of creating the choir. Yeah. To engage these young folks. The choir grew into something I never expected. Right. We, <laughs> we started performing and... Yes. I'm you like, performed at I'm the like, African I'm Festival. I'm like, this is not where... Where I envisioned, like, people... We performed for Bernie Sanders' rally here Yay. in Omaha. Hey, I was that's like, awesome. This is not where I. We started in the basement, I, I, but I just my vision was to get these young folks engaged. engaged. But like I said, it's, I can't take credit be, just myself because also those who listen. Yes, I can talk all day long. I can I can do whatever mm-hmm. if they're not willing to to come and engage. To come yeah. and engage, mm-hmm. it would be nothing. So as for my family. I'm sure they'll be watching this. Ah, they have no choice. Rain. <laughs> so. Um, no, it's great. I'm blessed. It's so great. It's so wonderful. Yeah. One, I'm super excited that Burundi is not in turmoil. Yeah. Um, right now, I, you know, we take it for granted a lot in Kenya because we've always, for the most part, been a very safe, peaceful, sound, yeah. peaceful yeah. country. We did have our post-election, like, back in 2007 and 2008. Yeah. But... <clears throat> You know, for the most part, we've, you know, we, we don't really, it doesn't click for us when yeah. we hear um, that. But, you know, I absolutely love, love, love all my refugee friends. Yeah. And I hate it when people are like, oh, he's, you know, like, no, you're still my friend. Like, whether or not, however you came, if you swam like uh, Diodone. Right. <laughs> like sharks. Or you ran across or you came on a plane. You know, get to know people. Um, and most importantly, use your empathy. Um, I would say tap into your empathy to, to get to know people on a deeper level. You know, so yes, clothes are appreciated. Yes, um, you know, goods are appreciated. But yeah. friendship and being present in people's lives is probably the greatest gift that you can give them. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Well said. Thank you so well, much for, for coming. Thank yeah. you so much. And you know what? I, I have to say thank you for listening to Life and Shenanigans from the minute we started way back then. Like, was it last year? September, August? Yeah. You were on the road listening to us. Yeah. I loved it. Loved yeah. it. I'm bringing you and Rain back. We're going to be doing a whole segment on on relationships. We want to hear your story. Oh, Aha, man. Yes. Be prepared. That's, that, <laughs> that's a hint of this, the, the uh, you know, the sequel to this, what's, right? What's coming. Wow. Yes. Um, well, thank you for all you do. Uh, this is great. I, I'm a big fan and I'm on your show. Yay. Look I at mean, that. This is great. But, I, thank um, you. Yeah. I, I think you didn't really a great deal to um, the people who can sit and listen to what you have to say. Um, especially if somebody from Kenya. You guys are on the next level, you know? We are. We are, we are right. <laughs> especially are from, from uh, you know, many of the, the countries back home in yeah. Africa. Kenyans are on the next level. 
because many countries should take notes, especially like in my country. That's I'm speaking for me, like Burundi. You know, yeah. What one time is they're all you know honey and and milk flow. You know, and then the next thing they are just chopping each other. They like it's like, mm. are you kidding me? So yeah. There are countries in Africa who have been really doing really well, like you, you know, Kenya, Tanzania, you know, countries like those. Yeah, and it, it's it's tough, but it's something that people need to go back to that sense of community. Yeah, you know, like that you're trying to build here. Yeah, I think that's the same even back home because <clears throat> the biggest problem is resources, right? People are usually fighting over resources, but um, and and the ethnic part resources are there. Yeah. They're just not well managed. The well managed and properly distributed, equally right. fairly distributed. Yeah. But you know, I'm I have I have hope that um things will go great. Hey, I, I maybe personal the request. Take yes. me to Churchill Show when you hey! <laughs> oh my Shout God. out to Church if you dare watch. Shout yeah. out to Churchill. You know what? If I, I do know him. Kenya, he, yes. Which I hope I will. You, in my time, we need I to go to Kenya. I will have to go to Churchill Show. Life and shenanigans is going on a world tour soon. You Woo. come, come, name, come with us to Kenya. Been, <laughs> my ticket has been there. Thank I know. You, thank you for having me. By the way, thank you to yeah. everybody who is listening, who is watching. We appreciate you. Thank you so much to our lovely cameraman in the back. Mm. He made sure that um, the video stayed on. Um, and I don't forget to hit the record button as I have in the past. <laughs> um, but thank you again to all of you um, who are listening and watching. I appreciate your help in just continuing to keep this on air. Um, and this is part of our journey series. We have a couple more to wrap up, and then we're going to get into love. Oh. <laughs> that part of the shenanigans. Tell me, actually, as we're heading out, how yeah. did you meet Miss Queen Rain? His wife's name is Rain. I, I think we're going to have to save that for I, the next show, We right? need to know. Are there, are there shenanigans? Why are there shenanigans involved? Well. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a new episode. <laughs> yeah. We'll be coming back with a new episode. Thank you so much of course again. We met at church. You met at church. We are good people, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> people. Right. Listen, if you're looking, this goes back to episode four from last year. <laughs> if you're looking for a spouse, there are very many people out there in church. So, you know, go church, mosques, wherever there it is go. that people, yeah. you know, gather. Go to the gathering place. There you go. Right? Yeah. You will find yourself yeah. what is good and beloved. Yeah. A partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give big offerings. Yeah. They will know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> but come to my church. <laughs> you have to be... When you give the you, money, you, don't you, just do it no, as you cool you like this. It, you wave it the you bills. You wave it like yeah. this so that Those they can Benjamins, see. Right? That one is a provider. That's Hallelujah. It. By the time you walk out... <laughs> You got four numbers. You've got (laughs) (laughs) that shenanigans in churches. Listen, thank you so much again. This is Life and Shenanigans. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram. If you have not subscribed to our YouTube channel, please subscribe. And thank you again so much. Until the next time, please stay safe and be kind to one another. Thank you. Bye. Stuff. Very good. Very good. All right. Baba, I forgot to tell you. Do you know what I forgot? What did you tell? Forget.
Did anyone try to call or text? Yeah. What? What? Did you? Did you? I forgot to put it on. Do not disturb, no, so they don't come no, through. How? So how no, do you know? Did it stop? Stop the video. Bring it here. Baba, if you did not, I'm going to club by you. Is somebody called? Or text message should be fine. Should be fine. Calls might disrupt <gasps> it, yeah. But this is the important part. Oh. Did he stop? Yeah, he did. He I think. No, 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 no